at Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll feature Susie Oaks, the executive editor for Macworld, now completely online. You'll also hear from John Martellaro of the Mac Observer, always online. Plenty to come on the Tech Night Owl Live. We have Susie Oaks joining us. This is the second or third time she's been on the show, except that she has a new affiliation. She is now the big boss or executive editor, one of the big bosses over at Macworld. So congratulations, first of all. Thank you. Now that you're in the big time. And I say that because about 20 years ago, one of the editors at Macworld sent me an email and said, you want to write for us? And I wrote for Macworld for a few years, but here's my mistake. When Macworld bought out Mac user, I had switched to Mac user because they gave me more money. Ah. And that was a big mistake. Or as Arnold said, big mistake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's a, it's a wonderful brand and, you know, read it forever. So it's, it's really a cool opportunity to get, to get to work there. I'm very excited about it. Now, of course, this happened as part of the changeover where Macworld, like many publications, opted to give up the print version. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird because, I mean, they had been doing print since 1984 and no more print. So that's a bummer. I mean, I'm, I'm even bummed about that because I still prefer print to reading magazines on the iPad. Well, of course, that's a business decision because it's very expensive to bring out a print publication. Mm-hmm. There are no longer as many outlets to sell those publications, which is yeah. very bad. Have- Not as many newsstands and the newsstands that are left have fewer titles on them. And the print advertising just isn't what it was, you know, five, 10 years ago. It's a big drag. It's not anything that we might have wanted. We old fashioned people, you know, that we prefer (laughs) print to everything else. Yeah. And what they done did to us, what they done did is to make it very difficult for print magazines, very difficult, as a matter of fact, for print newspapers to flourish. Yeah, the digital magazines and PC World, our sister magazine, went through this transition last year, um, went from print to digital, and they did okay. Their circulation increased. They're putting out a really nice digital product. So Macworld was already on newsstand, and um, the Macworld staff was mostly working on creating content for the website. We create content for the website every day, and then, you know, once a month, make the best of that into the magazine. So it shouldn't change much. Um, if you've gotten magazine Macworld in print and you want to get Macworld in digital, it'll be about the same. And if you were already getting Macworld in digital, it shouldn't be much different at all. You know, as a fan of print, I was always a magazine person. I did the magazine track at journalism school and it's a bummer. I, I agree with the people who are upset that the print is going away, that I like print better. The digital magazines are doing cool stuff and I like how they have, you know, some interactiveness. You can click on links and they go to web pages and all that fun stuff that we love about um, online content. It's it's harder for me to remember to read them. My digital magazines seem to stack up a little more than my print ones did because they were right there on my coffee table in my face saying, read me, read me. So so yeah, I mean, I, I see both sides. Like it's a business decision and it was just told to us and we're, you know, rolling with the changes the best we can. But as a reader, I, I do miss print. And without a print counterpart, some of your editors, longtime editors are no longer there, unfortunately, but that's the way the business yeah. world works. 
Yeah. I mean, then that was a real bummer that that all was kind of announced at the same time because IDG had a big layoff across all the divisions. It wasn't just Macworld that was affected. PC World lost people. TechHive lost people. GreenBot, our Android site, lost a person. And the other divisions within IDG lost a lot of people. There were a lot of sales and business people that were laid off. So it seemed from the outside that it was Macworld prints going away and then all these Macworld editors are also losing their jobs. But it was different components of this this huge restructuring that they had within our parent company, IDG. So now you have a small number of editors, but mostly freelancers. But these are freelancers that many of us are familiar with. So we have people Mm -hmm. like Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy, who is a regular fixture on the show here. We have people like Joe Kissel or Ted Landau, people that you've heard for a long time, and they still will be writing content for Macworld. Of course, we have the Macalope. Yes. Macalope's not going anywhere. Um, which is great because I love the Macalope. Glenn Fleischman is doing a new uh, security column for us that we just rolled out a couple weeks ago. And we have uh, Lisa Snyder doing a creativity column called Creaticity that I've been loving. I am just prepping the third one right now. So that'll be up as soon as uh, as soon as we're done recording. We're excited about we've, we've got some some familiar names. We're bringing in a few new names. It's, it's great. We're going to have to keep rolling. With regard to testing product, of course, you don't have the Macworld PC World labs anymore. Mm -hmm. So how do you handle test of hardware products or is that still a work in progress? Still kind of a work in progress. Um, We have the new Apple gear now, so we are figuring out what that looks like. Just the way that Apple's been going is kind of fortunate for us in that they are de-emphasizing the components and the specs in their hardware and more emphasizing the experience of using it. And they want you to look at the product as a whole instead of just, you know this much clock speed and this much RAM. And so we will be doing some tests and we're going to be testing the hardware, but um, it's not going to be the lab, the the extent of benchmarking that we had when we had our dedicated lab team, whom we really miss. Like that was a giant bummer. Um, those guys were great. They were so much fun to have around the office. It was the lab was such a, a great, happy place. And that's been just heartbreaking seeing that go. Of course, Jim Galbraith, the yeah. lab director, he's been on the Tech Night Owl Live over the years. And just about any time a new product came out, we'd call Jim and he'd tell us all the testing. So I understand it's a work in progress. You're trying to figure out how best to do it, how best to handle benchmarking. As we know, people still want to hear who's got the faster frame rate, no matter what it means to you. Does it mean anything? You're going to run that game? Even yeah. if you're not a gamer, gee, it could run 47 frames per second. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll have to focus more on what you can do with the hardware rather than um, just you know just straight up benchmarking. But but it is a huge blow. So it's it's something we're going to have to figure out kind of as we go. How are the readers responding to this? I've heard from some readers that they think that we're doing a good job. I've heard from some readers that they're you know angry about the magazine going away. It, um, we're still getting a lot of engagement. The MacWorld audience is is very engaged, and that's been really fun for me um, because before I was at Mac. World, I was at Tech Hive for a couple of, you know, a little over a year. You would write stuff and put it up there and it would, you know, get a few shares and a few tweets and, and like no comments. So I love that the Macworld audience is so engaged and they they will speak their minds and we can put up an article and there'll be 40 comments and, and it's it's great. There's a lot of discussion going on. So hopefully as they get to know us, um, you know, they'll they'll really love us. Yeah, it's it's been really cool. I love I love this audience. You know, if, if anyone wants to to give me your opinion on Macworld, I'm at S-O-C-H-S at Macworld.com, and I'd love to hear from anybody. That's pro or con. So if you're going to say 
hey, it's not very good. Tell her, but understand also she's still hired help. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not making all the decisions. You know, I'm, I'm running the site day to day and deciding what goes on the site, but I wasn't the person who, who made all these uh, these top level business decisions. But, you know, I can give those people feedback. So so let me have it. Besides which they need the eyeballs. And I understand I did look at the circulation figures that have been published. We don't know if they're correct for Macworld. And a lot of people were not buying magazines anymore. Yeah. And and that's unfortunate. I don't know what that other magazine that's still in print is getting in terms of circulation, but I do see that they have like two or three staffers and everybody else is freelance, so they're cutting back too. And you worked at that magazine, so we understand that. Let's just move on here about various issues. Okay. The, the only other thing I'll mention very briefly is, and it's not your division of the company. It's still IDG, but it's not your division. The Macworld iWorld event yeah. is on hiatus. I now, know. let's pick this up in the next segment. Okay. But I'll tell you, the only bugaboo I have with it is we understand business decisions. We understand that maybe it wasn't a viable opportunity for them. And so they decided not to do it. But sometimes when you're saying hiatus, there's an implied promise that we're going to get back someday. But for all intents and purposes, everyone's impression is, you know, that's kind of taking a coward's way out. It's gone. And there's no longer a Macworld or Macworld iWorld Expo. Susie Oaks, executive editor of Macworld. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30% while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should too. Find out what they know. Call us and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. What good is a Big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. 
protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of hb extract it's extremely effective and it starts working in just days visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers and we've never increased our price in over 10 years that makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it a healthy heart is a happy heart call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So again, Susie Oaks is with Macworld. She's not with the trade shows. But the problem with Macworld, that started when Apple decided they didn't want to be there anymore. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the, the expo team did a really good job of making the expo, like evolving the expo after Apple pulled out. It, it, it stopped being an Apple show and it started being more of a community show. And I think they did a really good job highlighting the community things. There was a lot of workshops you could go to and hands-on experiences. The Cirque du Mac party is going to be greatly missed. But yeah, so as a fan, I'm definitely going to miss it. Um, I had a, I, I went to several of them and it was, it was always a great time to see, you know, the different journalists who would come in and it was a, like a community get together and that's going to be hard to replace. I mean, Apple doesn't really need a, a Macworld anymore to, to show off its products. It can just say jump and everyone will show up in an event and and write tons of stuff about it and they have you know their retail stores to to speak directly to the consumers yeah the the community part is going to be hard to replace so that's that's the thing we're we're the saddest about and yeah i mean they they said hiatus and it i i would love it if it came back in a couple of years but you know they're gonna have to figure out a way to to make it profitable before it comes back well that is that big question once again yeah how can you make a profit out of a trade show anymore when so much can be done online? Of course, with Apple, the entire world 
sees a streamed event, except like a certain event where you could barely see it because it kept reloading and you had a Chinese translation. That was awful. Oh, God, that was so embarrassing. And this is, you know, one of the biggest announcements of the year for Apple, the introduction of the new iPhone and everything. And you can't see the darn thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. Um, they, the, I was at the iPad event, so I wasn't watching the stream, but I heard the stream at the iPad event was, was stayed up. So, yeah, that was strange, even for Apple. That was a, a weird misstep. And, of course, as I said, the situation here is that it's a lot easier to, even if you're a journalist, sit in your, the comfort of your home with a 50-inch flat panel and Apple TV watching a media event because you're closer technically yeah. speaking, they are in the audience, unless you're a crazy person like me, when I used to go to those press meetings, I would somehow find a way to get in the first five rows. Wow. Don't ask me how I did that. I think I got up early. I kept sneaking around the crowds, getting closer and closer, and suddenly only the VIPs were ahead of me. Nice. It's an old technique I learned in Brooklyn many, <laughs> many years ago in a galaxy far, far away. Let's move into topics. Okay. So iPad. You saw the event. Do mm-hmm. you think that by having so many older models in the iPad product line that Apple is risking the Performa disease? Remember that when they had 60,000 different models that nobody could figure out? And now you've got all these variations of iPad, the current models and the previous models and the previous ones to that. And has it reached a point that maybe that's become too confusing too? I don't think it's as bad as the Performa problem. I think the the nice thing about having a range of iPads is that it's mostly a range of price points because all the iPads at the end of the day, they all run the same apps and they all do pretty much the same thing. So if you want to have the biggest screen and the fastest processor, the iPad Air 2 will... People don't update their iPads as fast as they do their phones. And Apple still isn't really sure, they said on their last earnings call, what the upgrade cycle is for most people. So so they want to have a wide price point and they want to have the high-end things. If you're not going to be upgrading this for you know four years, you want to get the top of the line one so it'll be supported. I mean, I'm still using my, my first generation iPad from 2010 is still running. It holds a charge and there's nothing wrong with it except that I can't upgrade it past iOS 5. So that's the only thing that's holding me back. So, of course, I would want to upgrade that so I could get the new software and the new features. But if you're only going to keep it for a few years, you can save a little money by getting the previous generation ones. So so I like that there's a range of price points, but it is more confusing for people ask, you know, trying to figure out which one they should buy. The iPad Air is really great for reading and editing videos and a lot of photo work. Um, the iPad mini is so portable and it's kind of getting squeezed from both sides because we have a couple lower cost iPad, you know, bigger iPads. The iPad Air 1 is still on the market. You got the iPhone 6 Plus that's coming up from the iPhone size side with the big screen. So the, the iPad mini is getting a little squeezed. But but I, th- I think Apple was just trying to hit a lot of price points and they can say these start at $250 now and that's, you know, half what they used to cost when when the the cheapest iPad you could get was $500. And Apple's argument also is the fact that with the top of the line iPad, you're getting something there despite the specs which seem less is probably right now the fastest tablets on the block, but Apple also said people are buying Macs in higher numbers and some of the sales that might have gone to iPads not just went to the iPhone 6 plus but to Max, who yeah. could have thunk it? 
Yeah. Yeah. Tim Cook said on the call that, you know, Max had their biggest quarter ever and, you know, some and the iPad slipped a little bit over the quarter. And he's like, we look at a big picture, bigger picture iPad. We're not quite as worried about like, what did iPad do in these three months as to, you know, how iPad is, is moving overall. And they've sold, I think he said 237 million in four years. And that's really they're happy with that. So, but yeah, he said some people might've looked at a Mac and, and looked at an iPad and decided to go with the Mac and we're fine with that. So as long as they're cannibalizing their own products, I think they don't really mind because they make a healthy margin on all the hardware they sell you as long as it has an Apple on it. So at this point, would you regard there being any danger in the iPad, like some of the members of the media are claiming, or is it just a matter of learning where the product is, learning its potential and that sort of thing? Yeah, I think it's really one of the best tablets. So they're going to keep iterating on it and the media will look at each iteration and say, oh, that's not that big of a change, but the people will will keep buying them. Um, I think it's it's just a really solid tablet. And a lot of the strength of it, I mean, there's there's other, you know, tablet makers that are putting out tablets that have great specs and good price points. But when you look at the app ecosystems, which you really should when you're picking a tablet, um, yeah, the, the, the amount of apps that were made just for iPad is, is going to help them stay, stay in first place. This was funny. One of the critics of the iPad was saying, gee, I can't find the apps to run on this thing. And I thought, let's see, 675,000 apps. You have Office for iOS, which is the only true touch version of Microsoft Office. So what the heck are these people talking about? Yeah, that's weird. There's so many apps for iPad. Yeah. And, and, and I think it was cool in the Apple event where they showed the apps that they picked weren't, you know, games and weren't social apps. They were Pixelmator. I'm doing work. And, um, and, and then was a video editing app. So they, they picked apps that were like, look, you can, you can make things on this and you can get work done on your tablet. So so yeah, I think it's it's really well positioned. It works for so many people. And another pro to having so many price points is that um, a lot of lower cost iPads are being picked up for educational reasons too. I mean, when the iPad 2 was still in the lineup, it was still one of the top selling iPads just because schools would buy them, you know, by the dozen. Of course, they have all the budgets and everything. We have Susie Oaks. She is the executive editor. She wears an executive hat. It's a very special kind of hat. Yep. From Macworld, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TechNightOwl for a special discount.
At 30dayfoodsupply.com, you can now purchase a one-of-a-kind product not available anywhere else. A meatless burger dry mix in four delicious flavors. With our new Oregon Trail Foods vegan burgers, all you do is add water and fry. They need no refrigeration. They're packaged in Mylar bags with an oxygen absorber for a long shelf life. They're non-GMO. They're gluten, soy, nut, and chemical-free, but they're loaded with flavor. And a good source of carbs and protein, yet low in sodium. Flavors include Italian, spicy Mexican, six vegetable and black bean olive go to 30dayfoodsupply.com or call 541-229-0010 and order today eat them every day take them camping or save them for an emergency check them out at 30dayfoodsupply.com and click on the vegan burger icon that's 30dayfoodsupply.com where all of our products are produced in oregon by oregon trail foods 30dayfoodsupply.com Hi, this is Steve Sanchez, and based on a recent study, it was found that 57 million Americans had legal issues over the last 12 months, but only 60% of those studied sought out the services of a lawyer. Why? In a nutshell, affordability. While my friends at Legal Shield have created a solution that can help you not if, but when you need an attorney. For as little as $17 per month, Legal Shield will provide you unlimited access to qualified attorneys at an accomplished law firm for advice and counsel on legal issues no matter how serious or trivial. For over 40 years and with 1.4 million families across North America, Legal Shield can help you, the loyal GCN listener. Representatives are standing by now to answer your questions, so call them now at 1-855-340-SAVE. That's 1-855-340-7283 or visit them at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Results will vary from case to case. With autumn in the air, it's time to think about getting ready for winter. And it's time to save at HerbalHealer.com. You'll find amazing seasonal savings to prepare you for the fight against cold and flu season. Like Oregacillin to promote lung health. 30 capsules, regularly $34.95, now only $25. HHA Olive Leaf, a natural antiviral, normally $16.95, now 60 capsules are just $12. HHA Elderberry Power, a great flu and virus fighter, regularly $16.95, 60 capsules, now $10. Save on all our homeopathic detoxes. Choose from lungs, kidney, liver, brain, libido, or whole body, normally $26.95, now just $20. Visit HerbalHealer.com and click on the Fall Winter Specials button to save on all our natural cold and flu-fighting products. Also explore our Herbal Healer Academy correspondence courses that teach you how to handle your health naturally. HerbalHealer.com, healing the world with nature, one person at a time, since 1988. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. Now, when I see your avatar on Skype, Susie mm-hmm. Oaks at Macworld, I see, of course, we just see your nose and your sunglasses. So that's is really that old. it? It's basically, that's all you do. You exist in the internet. There isn't the rest of you. Yeah, I'm just a floating head out there. Okay, like the Wizard of Oz. Yep. Okay, so this is the Wizard of Macworld. But seriously, <laughs> why? You know, we have to point out here that I do not have my picture anywhere. Yeah, there is a picture of me online, and then there's a fake picture of me wearing a suit. I don't know if anybody ever looks me up online. Somebody's got a composite of my head 
with different hair and kind of made more circular my face. And then they give me a suit, Mm. but not a nice suit, but an ugly suit. And I don't wear suits. Hmm. Maybe you should go run a tux and get some headshots done. No, I don't cast a reflection anymore. At my <laughs> age, know. there's no reflection. It's me and the vampires. <laughs> don't cast. This is, of course, you know, coming off the day after Halloween when this show is being aired. So, of course, we have to have that Halloween kind of connection. Let's continue with different things here. Okay. So if I'm out there now and I want to buy a computing gadget from Apple. Yep. You know, I got to make a lot of choices here. And is, for example, an iPhone 6 Plus useful for productivity or is even a five and a half inch screen a wee bit too small? Um, It would depend on what you were doing. I mean, I'm always going to be on the Mac because, you know, to get to my site CMS, I have to, to, to be on the Mac and I want to have a bunch of windows open. I got my text editor. I got my photo editor. I got my CMS. Um, but if you, the, the nice thing about working on the iOS devices is that you only see one, one thing at a time and the apps for business are coming along a lot. Um, there's all these cool email apps that help you deal with, you know, tons of email, um, testing that, that new inbox one from Gmail right now. Yeah. It kind of depends on what you're doing and what your job is. I think you can get a lot of work done on the, on the six and on the six plus. Um, because a lot of work is just, you know, communicating and um, dealing with your team. So it, it really depends on what you do. But but yeah, Apple has has a device for for whatever your work style is. And I think they're all capable enough to to get a lot of things done. Now, you've played, I'm sure, with the iPhone 6 Plus. Is that something you own or what? I have the six as my everyday phone. We have a six plus in the office. So yeah, I've, I've, I've handled it a bit. Okay. So how convenient is it? I'm thinking that's a little bit too big. Now I understand here, I've worked a lot with an iPhone six and of course a standard iPhone five S I have also used a Samsung galaxy, not the S five, the S four, which is five inches. Okay. And that was a little bit out of my territory, a little bit yeah. too big. What's your take? I've been really liking the six. I had um, gone Android for a little bit when I was at TechHive because they just wanted me to use Android more. So I was using a Nexus 4 for a while. And then I played around with some of the Galaxy Notes, the really big ones with the pen. I didn't like having used the pen, but when, I don't know, once your screen gets bigger and you get used to it, it's just uh, it just becomes a thing. And then when you go back, like now, if I pick up my iPhone 4S, it looks like a Barbie toy. It's just so small. So, yeah, if, if you can get used to it and it's not, you know, cumbersome to carry and you're not in a lot of situations where you're trying to use it one handed, you know, like you're on the subway and you're hanging on to the pole and you're trying to answer email one handed, um, then then, yeah, I have no problem with the big screens. I really like big screens. I do a lot of reading on my phone. I'm always in Kindle and Instapaper paper and my RSS reader. So, so the, the big screen for me is, has been great, but it's subjective. It's, you know, it's personal preference. Yeah. Well, certainly I am surprised though, at what appears to be the uptake of the iPhone six plus. I don't think Apple expected to sell as high a percentage of that model. Yeah, the wait times have been a lot longer. Um, we, we had a, a couple of our staffers have been ordering theirs, and um, the people who got sixes got them pretty much right away. And um, the the girl who got the six plus is still waiting for hers, but it should be in this week. So 
Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they were surprised. Um, and on the earnings call, he said, you know, we're, we're selling everything that we're making. And, and once that, you know, we, we get some inventory in the channel that isn't just immediately being snapped up, we'll be able to tell better what the patterns are because, you know, they're not sure if like some of the people who are ordering sixes are getting them just because they can get it faster than the six plus. And once they have, you know, enough of both and then they'll be able to see the patterns. But yeah, it's it's a really cool phone. I mean, it's big and it's it's weird. It, it feels weird when you hold it up to your face the first couple times, but but it's it's great. I I love having the extra row of icons on there. Um, I like how you can pick two modes if you want everything to be a little bigger or if you just want you know more stuff on the screen. I th- I think they they did it really well. I sometimes think when it comes to the iPhone six plus. It reminds me of the TV show Get Smart, where he used his shoe Mm -hmm. as a phone because it's starting to get that big. Of course, the original cell phones were pretty large. People forget back in the 90s. Yeah. You had all these original mobile phones and they were humongously large. Yeah. And then the trend in the feature phones was how small can we make them? And there was that movie Zoolander where they were talking on these like comically tiny phones that were like, you know, the size of a fingernail and they'd hold that up to their ear. And so so that was the joke for a while. But then when they all got touchscreen and we started, you know, doing apps and Internet and everything on them, then it made sense to make the screens bigger. I wonder if that trend will reverse and it'll be a cyclical you know, thing and phones will get big and then they'll get small and they'll get big again. But it seems like the trend now is just bigger, bigger, bigger because, you know, you can get more pixels and more video and yeah. But yeah, I, I like them. It's 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 been it's been interesting um, coming from from a site like TechHive that covered, you know, Android and Windows Phone to back over to Macworld, which is really only concerned with Apple, of course. And, you know, that the the, the oh, my gosh, our phones are big thing is is kind of late to this audience. Like the everyone else was using bigger phones for a while. So so it was kind of funny watching everyone freak out over the size of the phones. But I mean, once once you use them and get used to them, it's it's hard to go back to the small ones. It would be cool if you could still you could you could still get the the power of the six or the six plus with a smaller screen. I think you know there'd be a slice of people who would really enjoy that. I think Apple will be forced next year to keep a four inch iPhone. Current model. Yeah, there could be like an iPhone mini all of a sudden. Yeah. Because the the iPad mini people like and the iPod mini everyone loved. So yeah, we could, they could come up with an iPhone mini in a couple of years. I would think it would be an iPhone minus. No, I'm joking. (laughs) Because that's it. You have a plus and therefore you have to have a minus. Right. And that's what people will call it. They'll say, well, it's really the minus, but then how can you object to that? Magnets, people, magnets. You can't fight with magnets. There are people who like the smaller phones. Look at Kirk McElhern. Yeah. L- look what Kirk did. So Kirk buys an iPhone 6 and said, this is too big for me. I'm sending it back and keeping my 5S. Yep. Yeah, he, he did end up sending it back too. He's a bit of a curmudgeon, I think, in his old age. That's it, Kirk. I'm, Kirk's an old friend of mine, so I don't mind that. He calls me things, I'm sure, too, <laughs> that we can't say on the radio. No, he's a, he's a cool guy. He's one of he's our great. favorite guys. Yeah, he's really great. We like him. He's a lot of fun to talk to. Anyway, let's get on with the various issues here. Let's look at iOS 8. Okay. And we're going to be moving to another segment in a moment, but I wanted to get started with this. So, you know, everyone's hung up on the adoption curve. Mm-hmm. So we have iOS adoption curve. And as we're talking, Apple at their developer site was listing 52%. Now, it may be a few points higher by the time you hear the show. It's being done a few days in advance. Mixed panel trends, which also does these online surveys of the activity with 
mobile apps to determine market share. And it's not perfect, but their estimate was like 54.5%. So the point is here, that sounds good, but it's way below iOS 7, which had 50% adoption like in a week or two. Is there a problem with the new iOS that it's not getting the love that the older versions got? And that's something we'll have Susie Oaks answer on next segment. Let me tell you, first of all, though, that coming up next on the show, we have more action with John Martellero from the Mac Observer. And one thing we like about John is he's not just somebody who writes about Apple. He worked for Apple at one time a number of years ago. And therefore, he's very well educated on how the company works from the inside. A lot more to come. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. UnseenNow.com, proud sponsor of GCN. Unseen Now's unparalleled encryption tools keep your communications secure. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com You pick up the receiver with your heart racing and sweat dripping from your forehead. You finally muster the courage to dial the number to call into your favorite talk radio show. It rings once, twice, and then... Hello, it's GCN. What's your name and the state you're calling from? Surprised you got through, you squeak out. Jason from Minnesota. Please hold. As you patiently wait for your turn, you begin to daydream about being a famous talk radio host and what it would be like to have your own show. Jason from Minnesota, you're up. Millions of loyal listeners worldwide waiting to call and talk to you. Caller, are you there? Cheering crowds surround you, calling out your name. Going once, twice. Okay, we gotta move on to the next caller. You blew it. Huh? Wait, no! Interact with the hosts you're listening to right now online at GCNlive.com. Click on the community link. Engage with other listeners. Ask questions. Start debates. Don't agree with a host? Let them know. Be a part of the community at GCNlive.com. On Facebook, on the news, and in conversations with friends, we're bombarded every day with advice on how to be healthier, from gluten-free and non-GMO diets to how much exercise and sleep the body needs. But how much have you heard about alkalizing the body? AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are a holistic and natural way to get your body's pH levels back in balance. Just a few drops in water will help your body rid itself of harmful waste. And even the healthiest of diets can be complemented with your daily use of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. 
Who isn't looking for more vibrance, vigor, and energy? Now buy two bottles of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops and get $10 off your order. Visit AlkaVision.com or call 800-518-7615. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are packed with a powerful combination of the most alkaline minerals and compounds. Open the door to greater health, vitality, and zest for life. Alkalize your body, supercharge your health. Call 800-518-7615 or head to AlkaVision.com. If you need to say happy birthday, happy anniversary, thank you, or simply I'm thinking of you, ProFlowers.com is the key. ProFlowers has stunning bouquets, like the best-selling 100 blooms for $19.99. Plus, ProFlowers will include a glass vase for free. Sending someone a wonderful surprise of beautiful flowers sent fresh from the fields is easy. Choose the bouquet you like, pick the delivery date, and each order is 100% guaranteed. Plus, all bouquets from Pro Flowers are guaranteed to last at least seven full days. Beautiful, fragrant flowers, picked fresh and sent to your loved one for lasting enjoyment. To get this incredible savings and send someone 100 gorgeous blooms with a free vase for $19.99, go to ProFlowers.com, click the blue microphone in the top right corner, and enter code PLOW. That's ProFlowers.com. Click the mic and enter code P-L-O-W. you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. We have Susie Oaks of Macworld, and the question on the table, Susie, is Mm -hmm. what about iOS 8? What is there that the adoption rate is not as high as the previous version? Well, I think one of the first things, the very first thing was when people tried to update over the air, which is very convenient. Um, A lot of them got error messages that, oh, yeah, you need five gigabytes of free space to update over the air. And I don't know that many people that have five gigabytes of free space on their phones. I mean, they tend to kind of fill up with photos and videos and apps and music. So some people were kind of thwarted by that. And the workaround was simply to plug your phone or your iPad into your computer and update through iTunes. It didn't need quite that much space that way. But Apple didn't do a very good job communicating that, I feel like. I feel like the error that said you don't have enough free space should have suggested, like, look, if you don't want to clear off your phone, just plug into iTunes and you can get it done with, with much less free space. So that, that was the first thing. And I think some people might've just given up. And then some people kind of tend to just wait and they don't want to uh, install the .o because, you know, it's, it's just one version out of beta and they might want to wait until some of their apps are updated and they think, you know, everything's going to be rolling smoothly. So when 8.01 dropped, it had some bugs. And some people who had the new phones found that, you know, their cellular didn't work and, and, and their phones were just kind of unusable. So Apple pulled that update and helped everyone downgrade back to iOS 8 and quickly put out 8.02, which fixed everything. But I mean, if you were paying attention to Twitter that day, it was pandemonium. So some people might have been like, oh, wow, I'm glad I waited. And now I'm going to wait a little longer. So, so those two things together might have, have, have uh, helped it, you know be a little bit slower. Um, some people might not have be updating their old phones because they're like, well, if I'm just going to get a new phone, that'll come on there and 
they're still waiting to get their new phones because Apple hasn't been able to keep up with demand. So there could be a lot of little factors. Um, iOS 8 didn't have as much for consumers as iOS 7 did. A lot of the new abilities were for developers, you know, to be able to put widgets into their apps and extensions and HomeKit and HealthKit and all that. So for users, there there were a lot, like plenty of new features, and we've written about a lot of cool features that were in iOS 8. Um, but it it didn't seem as you know like oh it's going to make my phone feel so brand new. And like the switch from iOS 6 to iOS 7 was a really major redesign, and everything was different. And, it was a little more exciting from the consumer standpoint. So those, those are some factors. I don't really know. Um, I updated the first day because I kind of had to. And, uh, but if I was just a regular consumer, like, yeah, I probably would have waited for, for maybe even 8.1, which is out now. Now, understand, too, that when an update comes out, you aren't necessarily notified the same day. It's a staggered rollout. So if you're not looking for that update, it may not come for a few days. Yeah. That's part of it. The other thing, as you say, the over-the-air updates, and Apple made a very big deal of this, the fact that you didn't need to tether your iPhone or iPad or even your iPod Touch to iTunes on the Mac or PC. You could receive it over the air. Now, the problem being here is that when you do this kind of update, you need a little space. You need space for the existing operating system, for the new operating system, and clean up space. And so if you have a 16-gigabyte device, and it's kind of filled. You can't do it. Of course, I guess it should, when it reaches a situation like that, put up a warning saying, we don't have enough space, but go to iTunes and it'll be fine. Yeah. But they didn't do that. I think they should have done that. Big mistake. So that's one, I think, biggest issue, forgetting the bugs, because I think a lot of the problems that we talk about on shows like this, or you talk about in Macworld or elsewhere, those things, it's inside baseball. It reaches a subset of people who Mm -hmm. really watch what Apple does. But the average person is just using their iPhone and they see notice of an update and they try it and it doesn't work because there's no space. You know, unless they check or unless they care, they may not just bother. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what happened. And that's part of it. Also, the fact is that less hardware is supported. They gave up on some older models that were available in pretty big quantities. So there are tens and tens of millions of iPhone 4s, but they can't run iOS 8. So there's a maximum potential that's lower. Right. And the third thing, of course, I guess that we can talk about is the fact that the bugs are a problem with some people. And by the way, did you hear the story from one of the Apple executives just the other day that the reason that the 801, the 8.0.1 update failed was not because of it being defective, but the wrapper was defective. You heard this, right? No, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, that's our old friend Jaws from Apple, Greg Joswek. And Greg, who was, by the way, the first guest on the Tech Night Out Live in 2002. And he said it's the wrapper, the way it's distributed, which I guess means the installer. That the installer is supposed to do things in a certain way, and maybe there was a bug in it in the way it did things, which is why services were disabled. And he said it was the same update. 8.0.2 was the same core software update but just repackaged. Oh, that's why they got it out so fast. Yeah, because it was like the same day or the next day, wasn't it? It was available for, well, actually for one hour. Within an hour, Apple got all these notices and said, oh, we can't do this. Yeah. So within one hour after iOS 8.0.1 came out, it was pulled. Supposedly 40,000 people were impacted, users of iPhone 6 and 6 Plus. And they had the option, I think, to follow some online instructions on how to restore 
their phones so it would work. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just a drop in the bucket of how many, you know, of these devices are out there. But but yeah, it, it did make a pretty big splash if you were if you were on Twitter and you were following, you know, the app, the big Apple guys. It, it was hard to miss. And and so that was kind of a black eye for for the whole iOS 8 adoption. But yeah, I think the I think the storage thing is was the biggest deal because. Yeah, your phone tells you like I, I, you, I have an update and I can apply it right here on the phone, and then you know you can't. So, so I think a, a better, a more detailed error message on that would have helped a lot. But let's look at these stats. Yes, they are what twenty points less than iOS seven at the same time, and somewhat less of a difference with iOS six. But let's just look at the point here. Now, the current adoption rate of Windows eight and eight point one mm-hmm. is about I don't know twenty percent. Yeah. And this is after, was it two or three years now? The current adoption rate of Yosemite after the first week was about 20%. Now we look at Android. Android's adoption rate is fractional of a new system version until a couple of years have passed. Part of it is because when you buy an Android phone, there is never, ever a guarantee that you will ever receive an update, a software update for that device. So the statistics may not be as good for Apple, but compared to everyone else in the universe, they're stellar. Yeah. Yeah. And at, at the iPad event, uh, I think it was Craig Federighi was giving kind of the, you know, the the part of the talk about uh, iOS 8. And, uh, and they kind of glossed over it as saying like, okay, like look at the two slices of the pie that are everyone on iOS 7 and everyone on iOS 8. And they added those together and were like this percentage of people, I mean, it was, I think it was over 90% are running an operating system that's a, a year old or newer. So they were kind of saying like all these people are, are, are on a modern operating system that's, you know, even if it's iOS 7, that's only a year old. And then if you look at, you know, how many of these old, you know, Android operating systems that are older than a year old that are still being used every day. And that's just more for developers to have to support. And yeah, it's, it's frustrating to try to upgrade an Android device. If your carrier doesn't push the update to you, you can, you know, you can go out and find it and sideload it, but it's kind of a tinkery thing. Like it doesn't just show up on your device until, until your carrier and your device manufacturer decide to, to push it out. So, so Apple has a huge advantage there that, you know, it's, it's their devices. And it's their software and it's their network and, and, and they, can, they can put them up and then it's up to the users. And a lot of users will say, yeah, I want that. Now, I'm looking here at the mixed panel trends, which is not the same thing as Apple developer. And they're showing only 3.18% of iOS devices are running an operating system older than 7. Wow. So That's we're tiny. talking about penetration here of, you know, 96.82%. See, I yeah. added it up and my head just stopped. Look how fast that is. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it's the only thing I can do in my head. Everything else at my age, I've forgotten. But I remember that. But consider that. And that's an amazing spec. And if the adoption rate is 10% less or more, does it matter? Because a couple of months from now, it's going to be 60 or 70%. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, are you, people going to complain it's unsuccessful? What's going on? But of course, Apple plays by another set of rules. Of course, that's always been the problem. You know, we expect Apple to do this, thus, and so. But we don't care about Samsung. We don't take them seriously because Samsung doesn't have to achieve anything like that. 
Anyway, we've achieved great things here on the show because we have Susie Oaks of Macworld Magazine. And I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. GCN, proudly sponsored by UnseenNow.com. Find out how to stop Big Brother in his tracks at UnseenNow.com. This is GCN. Hi, this is Larry Smith. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. When the cleaners ruined some special clothing, all they could do was show us a sign that said they weren't responsible. But when they got the letter from one of our Legal Shield attorneys, he promptly gave us a check for $1,152. Worry less and live more with lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com or call 855-340-SAVE. That's 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-297-0154. That's 800-297-0154. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. That's 800-297-0154. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. You see, I compliment the guest. I don't compliment myself. You know, I just say, oh, he's an old codger. He doesn't know anything. Susie Oaks of Macworld is joining us, and we're so happy to have her aboard. Now, with iOS 8.1, everything mm-hmm. working for you now? Yeah, it's been good for me. I've had a lot of fun with Apple Pay. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of 8.1. I wanted to put that on there right away and run out to my local Walgreens and buy some stuff without my credit card. But if you go to CVS, you can't do it. Yeah, that's a crazy story. I actually went to Rite Aid the first day and did it and they didn't see it coming. The guy was like, what just happened? I'm like, oh, I paid for this with my iPhone. He thought it was cool. You know, whatever. We had a little conversation about it. But yeah, then like the next day or the day after they they pulled the plug on all the NFC. So those poor Google Wallet kids are caught in the middle. Can't use theirs either. So yeah, I guess um, I guess some of those retailers are forming a consortium to do their own payment system that will bypass the credit card companies. And Apple Pay is built on the credit card companies, so they don't want to have to compete with that because the retailer's goal is to stop paying credit card fees. So Apple Pay is free for the retailers, but also doesn't change 
the payment structure of, of you know, what, what fees they have to pay to take credit card payments. Now, one of the Apple Pay competitors is a story about this at one of the sites. MCX, the company behind Current C, yeah. sent out an email on Wednesday revealing its security systems were breached by unauthorized third parties in the past 36 hours. Now, I'm not too happy about that. I mean, this is a system that's being tested. Yeah. And it was it's, just some email addresses that were that were breached. But still, I mean, the way the system is set up is that you have to give it direct access to your bank account and your driver's license and your social security number. But then they're going to store all that encrypted in the cloud. And like, don't you worry. But yeah, like this is not a good sign that even something as benign as email addresses were stolen if they're going to be asking people to give them all that super sensitive information. Um, the nice thing about credit cards is that they do have kind of an extra layer of fraud protection. If my credit card number is breached and someone buys a bunch of stuff, I'm not liable for it. But if that money came right out of my bank account, you know, that would be a giant problem for me. Yeah, it's I don't know the, the security pr- is not as good as Apple Pay. It seems like I mean, we don't have all the details on currency yet, but it seems like the security isn't as good and it just doesn't seem as convenient. You're going to have to open an app and they'll make a QR code and then they scan that off. And so I don't know. I don't know if it's going to if it's going to win. It has some really big names behind it. Um, Walmart is one of the companies that's going to be using this. And, you know, they're the king of all retail. So so it's it's going to be a battle. This is a very interesting space. And it's not new. I mean, you know, we've had NFC digital wallets already, but none of them have really taken off. And I think these two Godzillas are about to fight each other and it's it's going to get messy. Well, the thing we have to always bear in mind here is that Apple Pay is not storing a physical credit card number on your iDevice. Nope. Or in the it cloud. It is not sending it in the cloud. Yeah. This is very important here because it means that there's no source of that information that somebody can have. Yeah. And this is a very key point because in the past here, you know, some mechanism out there was storing this information and now it's not being stored. It's not being placed anywhere where anybody would have access to it. The store doesn't have access to it. All they know is they're getting their money. And if they want to keep a record of you, they're going to do it on the sales slip. You know, they're going to ask for your information if possible. But if you go into a drugstore, as you did, and you make your purchase, you know, you might be a member of their system where they have their little discount cards. Yeah, I used that at Walgreens. The guy knew who I was, but it was because I had logged in with my Walgreens, I forget what it's called, Walgreens Plus or my Walgreens frequent buyer club thing. So yeah, stores can do that on their own. And currency is gonna gonna have some of that. They're gonna give people discounts, I guess, and have kind of exclusive discounts where you'll only be able to to get these discounts if you use currency. Um, I think that's the plan. Yeah, but Apple is like, no, we want we want the users to have have total privacy. So the store doesn't know who you are unless you're willing to tell them by you know swiping your rewards card. So I think that's a that's a feature for consumers definitely. But you know the the retailers are looking out for what's best for them, and the banks are looking out for what's best for them. So. For the banks, Apple Pay is pretty attractive because the security features would make it less likely that, you know, your credit card number would be stolen and used for fraudulent charges that the banks then have to just, you know, eat. So that for, for consumers, I mean, they'll they'll be able to vote with their feet and with their wallets. But, um, yeah, currency is going to have to come up with some really big, uh, you know, incentives if they want people to, to trust them. Now, let me tell you here. 
if I was a dealer and I had options like this, I'd say, you know what? Give me everything. Yeah. I don't want to give away a customer. I don't care what system they're using. As long as I'm not losing anything, as long as I can retain a customer, I'll run it. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Apple pay, this pay, Google wallet. I don't care what it is. If they have the money, I want it for my product or service. I think that's the American way. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I don't think it has to be a zero sum game. And the customers that are using Apple Pay, I mean, those are good customers to have. Like these are people who have an iPhone 6 and, you know, Apple's customers buy a lot of stuff like they, you know, it's an affluent customer. So, yeah, I mean, currency will work on more devices. So that's a pro for it. But, yeah, if, if, I, if I had a store, I would say, you know, I'll, I'll take everything and see, see what my people want to use. All right. I can dig that. So there you go. Apple Pay. They had an initial rollout of a million people. It's going to take a while to see what happens. It was an early glitch where some people who use Bank of America and made a transaction, Susie, you probably heard of this, mm-hmm. and they got double charged. But that's something the bank quickly fixes. And I guess that's one of these early processing things. It's not a critical thing because I heard it only affected about a thousand people, but still it's Apple. And so the media made a big deal of it. Yeah. Yeah. A thousand people, folks. Yeah. 1,000 people. Well, that's a lot more people than had bent iPhones, and that was a big deal, too. So That was yeah. nine, yeah. by the way. <laughs> you know, if, if you're waiting for this, let me tell you. Okay? Nine. Number nine. Yeah. Okay? Like the Beatle thing, number nine, number nine, number nine. Nine times. Right. Nine times. Nine people had their phone bent. And I guess if you bench press 400 pounds, like this guy over at Square Trade, the extended warranty company, they did a test of the iPhone 6 Plus to see if it could be bent. And there's a guy there who presses over 400 pounds. And I can bet he could bend it. He can bend anybody's smartphone. But normal people like you and I, I don't know about Susie. She might be, you know, ripped and she might be, she might work out and she might be a Wonder Woman. I don't have arms. I'm just a floating head. Oh, oh, that's right. She's a floating head. But if you want to bend a $750 aluminum-clad mobile computer, be my guest because I think it's dumb. Yeah. But there goes always Apple. Yeah, some of my buddies asked me if I'm trying to bend the iPad, the new iPad that I've been testing. I'm like, no, I'm not bending it. Don't bend your things. (sighs) You know, if you want to see how it works, you know, drop it on the floor from 10 feet. It'll crack and there you go. Oh, well, let's move on here. Final topic of discussion, OS X Yosemite. I haven't heard of too many issues. I've heard of a Wi-Fi issue. There's always a Wi-Fi issue with every new release, and some people are having erratic connections with Wi-Fi. Have you heard much of anything? I heard about the Wi-Fi thing, and that was the only problem that I heard about. Um, The update went pretty smoothly, and... Oh, yeah. Well, so Yosemite was weird because a lot of it, you know, has all those continuity features that tied in with iOS 8. So when iOS 8 launched and your, you know, your iOS device was saying, hey, you want to upgrade to iCloud Drive? And you couldn't really do that yet if you were still syncing anything over iCloud with your Mac that wasn't running Yosemite because iCloud Drive needed Yosemite. So there were a couple of those things where some things on iOS 8 didn't work right until your Mac had Yosemite. And, you know, there was like a delay in there because iOS 8 came out a couple weeks ahead, I think. So, but yeah, once Yosemite was out, everything's been working really well um, for me and for for us. We haven't heard that many people... um, 
We haven't heard that many complaints. And we haven't even heard a lot of firsthand complaints about the Wi-Fi thing. But the, we did a story about, it, you know, all the forum posts and stuff that uh, people were having trouble and they still haven't figured out what it is yet. And Apple hasn't said anything. So there you go. Of course, Apple will when they solve something. Let's get into a final segment here. Okay. With Susie Oaks of Macworld. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Friends, this is Alex Jones for MidasResources.com. For more than 15 years, I have exclusively used Midas Resources for all my precious metal needs. Whether it's bullion or collectibles you're looking for, Midas Resources is simply the best. I own my gold as a hedge against inflation. This Federal Reserve fiat currency could go the way of the Deutschmark and the Weimar Republic anytime. In these historically dangerous times, it makes sense to physically hold gold and silver. Midas already has some of the best deals in the industry. But if you give them a call and mention the radio special, they will give you a list of the day's super specials. Midas brokers are standing by to answer all your questions at 800-686-2237. They also have a lot of informative free literature explaining the opportunities and risk of holding precious metals. They are ready to answer your questions at 800-686-2237. Again, that's 800-686-2237. With autumn in the air, it's time to think about getting ready for winter. And it's time to save at HerbalHealer.com. You'll find amazing seasonal savings to prepare you for the fight against cold and flu season. Like Oregacillin to promote lung health. 30 capsules regularly $34.95, now only $25. HHA Olive Leaf, the natural antiviral, normally $16.95, now 60 capsules are just $12. HHA Elderberry Power, a great flu and virus fighter, regularly $16.95, 60 capsules, now $10. Saving all our homeopathic detoxes, Choose from lungs, kidney, liver, brain, libido, or whole body. Normally $26.95, now just $20. Visit HerbalHealer.com and click on the Fall Winter Specials button to save on all our natural cold and flu-fighting products. Also explore our Herbal Healer Academy correspondence courses that teach you how to handle your health naturally. HerbalHealer.com, healing the world with nature, one person at a time, since 1988. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light Systems 
system today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Susie Oaks at Macworld is here. She's executive editor, and we're talking about OS X Yosemite, which is getting an adoption rate of a wee bit more than OS X Mavericks, I guess because they had a million people beta testing it, and that's part of the user base. So it soared pretty quickly. I think the downside, the biggest downside, is the fact that Apple, of course, is forward-looking, so they have not bothered to devise a way to maybe make handoff work with Mac's that were built before 2012. So handoff is something like you start a message or an email or a document on your Mac mm -hmm. and you got to go to work and you take your iPad with you on the subway or on the bus and you pick up on your document or your letter and you continue working with it. And that requires something called Bluetooth LE. Right. So what's this all about? It's just kind of a convenient way to do something that you could still do on an earlier on an earlier device. I mean, you'd have to, you know, save your email as a draft and then go find it in the drafts folder and open it up and keep working. But with handoff, Bluetooth LE is just like a, a, a way for the it's a new Bluetooth protocol. It's kind of new um, where the devices just kind of connect to each other and you don't have to go into the Bluetooth menu and say, OK, now I want to connect to this device. Like they just kind of see each other and, and do it on their own. So that's been really great for pairing with, you know, things like wearables and speakers where you open the app and it pairs and you don't have to to, to go into your settings. So that's nice. Um, what Apple's done with handoff is so if you're working on something on your iPhone pad and then you walk kind of close to your Mac, you'll see a little, the, the, the dock icon will jiggle to show you that, you know, if you want, you can just pick that right up. The transfer of your task kind of happens behind the scenes and it's just more seamless for you. So it's convenient. I've used it a few times and every time you're like, oh, wow, that's nice. But it's not, it's not something that, that is such a game changer that the people who have Macs from before 2012 need to like run out and upgrade right away to use handoff. Um, because, you know, like, yeah, you, Safari will already tell you what tabs you have open on other machines that that still works. Yeah, if you're writing an email or you're working on a pages document, you can always just save it to iCloud and open it back up again. And it is an extra step, but it, it gets the job done. So handoff is really cool, but it's 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 not like a major tragedy, in my opinion, that it doesn't work with with all the Macs out there. Well, with a 2009, late 2009 iMac, the SMS relaying feature works. So I get an SMS message on my iPhone and I see it on my Mac. I send and receive it. Same thing with phone calls. And it's kind of confusing how it sets up. So for example, the SMS messaging is with messages, mm -hmm. but if you get a phone call, it's FaceTime. Yeah. A and the configuration are done in separate apps. So it's kind of goofy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it can be confusing to have 
things that you were used to having on one device suddenly showing up on more than one device. Messages are a really personal thing. So so you want you don't want the messages going to to you know like a shared Mac or something that 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 you would expect to be you know personal for your eyes only so so yeah I think it would be nice if the settings were a little clearer or there was a little more to walk you through exactly what was going to happen and then you know maybe even then like the first couple times it happened like the first time your Mac rang with a phone call it would say look it's doing this because you have this setting and if if you're fine with it, press OK. And if you want to adjust these settings, like press this and we'll walk you through it because it is a big switch to to the way, you know, these things used to work where you knew your texts were going to go to your phone and your emails were going to go to your computer. And there wasn't a lot of overlap. Now there's a lot of overlap, which can be really convenient if it all works the way you expect, but can be really frustrating if it's working a way that you didn't expect. Yes, they should have better instructions. I was thinking that something like elements of continuity instead of going to the core app which may be logical from apple's point of view you have a preference in system preferences so you sit there and you configure your your sms messaging and your iphone forwarding and all that you do it all in one place when you have to separate it you then have to figure okay this is a text message i go here but i can also do voice messages there and I want yeah. voice communications, but I can't do phone calls. I've got to go to FaceTime. You know, it's goofy a yeah, little bit, is. even though it's logical. Yeah, it's it seems more seamless to to pick up a, an incoming call on your Mac than it does to make one. Because, yeah, if, it would probably would have taken me a little bit to figure out if I if I was just sitting at my Mac and I was like, oh, I want to use my Mac to make a phone call. I might not immediately think to go to FaceTime, but you know, if, if it comes in, then yeah, there's just a little notification that pops up and says, Hey, your phone's ringing. Do you want to answer it? And then if I say, yeah, and FaceTime opens, you know, I didn't have to really be involved in, in knowing that it was going to open FaceTime. I just had to say, sure, I'll take that call. So yeah, the, in, the incoming seems more seamless than the outgoing. Well, I think also when you get to situations like this, Apple is learning the best ways to do it. And that's something they can do with a running change. Although there is no crying need yet to actually have a 10.0.1, other than this, possibly this Wi-Fi issue with some computers, which is unusual because usually within a week or two, you come out with a new OS 10 version and suddenly there's a rush to get the maintenance update with all the critical fixes. But it does seem as if the public beta changed things. Yeah, except for that Wi-Fi thing, we haven't heard about too many like critical bugs that are that are messing up the way people work and a lot of the apps were, you know, ready to go. So yeah, Yosemite has been a really smooth upgrade for me. Yeah. It's been really nice. I like Yosemite a lot. I had some screwy installation situations here of the original developer release, but also the final version where I had a existing operating system on my internal drive. And when I did the full install of the final version of Yosemite, it did an installation installed on the startup. Mm. So what I had to do is force a restart by shutting it off, restarting again, it was okay. Then I backed up and wiped the drive and tried again. Raw system installation went fine. But then after I migrated all my stuff, I had the same problem. So maybe there's some kind of kernel extension or something that was funky. Yeah, it could be. So there you go. But otherwise, it's pretty quick. And what I notice here, and maybe part of it is due to just wiping out the drive and doing a fresh system, is that apps launch faster. Most things are a little faster. Sometimes spaces where you're swapping between different 
application desktops, mm-hmm. sometimes it stalls out a little bit. That's about the worst I'm seeing. Yeah. I really like the new Spotlight a lot. I use Spotlight a ton, and the, the new one in, Yo- in Yosemite has been really great. I like how it, it gives you results from from the app store and from the iTunes store and from Bing as well as, you know, the usual places that it looks on your, on your Mac. I like how it's finding stuff in my iCloud drive. Yeah. Yeah. It's been good. And right now, of course, you still have people who will complain because they'll complain about anything Apple does, but we don't agree with them. Susie Oaks, tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. Okay. Um, we're at macworld.com. So that's the best place to find everything I'm doing now. I'm also on Twitter at SF, like San Francisco, and then S-O-O-Z, like Suze. And yeah, those are the best places to find me. And then if, if you have feedback on, on Macworld, if there's something that you like that we're doing or you want us to do more of, um, or suggestions, whatever, you can email me at S-O-C-H-S at Macworld.com. Susie Oaks, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs at load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-297-0154. That's 800-297-0154. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. That's 800-297-0154. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 
three square meals you'll need in an emergency. So the Freeze Dry Guys three square meal unit sale is just a ticket. A variety pack of tasty, nourishing breakfast, lunch, and dinner on sale now. Breakfast is Freeze Dry Guys' favorite. Hot oatmeal and sweet dehydrated bananas. Lunch is Mountain House freeze-dried hot macaroni and cheese and crisp green beans. And dinner is Mountain House long grain wild rice pilaf and hearty beef stew, vegetables, and gravy. Call Freeze Dry Guy and ask for details on the 126 serving three square meals unit. One case normally $164.37, sale price at only $138.90. Save over 25 bucks. Get two or three cases and save even more. Or ask about Freeze Dry Guy's fall chili special. Always free shipping to the lower 48 states. Call 866-404-3663 or click freezedryguy.com. And hurry, the fall chili special and three square meals unit are on sale while supplies last. From the Freeze Dry Guy, the finest freeze-dried and dehydrated foods available for long-term storage, period. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have John Martellaro here of the Mac Observer, and we've got a lot of ground to cover. So rather than do very much in introductions, let's just cover a bunch of stories. And one featured thing that came out this week is something probably most of you knew. And certainly enough hints have been dropped. So it's, in a sense, not a surprise, but certainly something that a lot of people are proud that he did. And that is Tim Cook coming out as gay. Now, I don't know if you heard this or not, but some weeks back on CNBC, they were talking about gay executives, you know, high profile executives. And somebody mentioned Tim Cook and somebody else mentioned the, the fact that, you know, he hasn't come out yet. Why are we doing that? So you may proceed, sir. Well, first of all, hello. And it's nice to be with you again. And um, so I'm looking forward to a really great show. I think it was um, a rather unusual a restraint and respect in the community in general that we kind of uh, sensed it, but Tim Cook didn't say anything. And so everybody quietly showed him respect and didn't say anything one way or the other because there was no you know, real evidence and he keeps a private life. And when that was exactly the way it should have gone, I'm very pleased. And, and now that Tim Cook has uh, come out and talked about it, I think it's also great. I mean, it's a great boost for LGBT rights. He did it in a sensible and, and mature fashion, and everybody's responded. Most everybody I've seen has responded gracefully and acceptingly and warmly. 
I saw a couple of tweets that were kind of in poor taste, as one would expect. I think this is important. A man of his stature gives the, gives the community a chance to show our loving acceptance and respect for the man and uh, his, his personal uh, behavior. And, and um, I think it's gone swimmingly well. Now, in one of the reports I read, a number of people came out and praised him for the announcement. Of course, the people from Apple, but also such figures as Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, which I thought was very important. The fact that one of the major competitors to Apple praised him for the announcement. And you understand it's very difficult still in this day and age when most of the states in the United States have gay marriage for somebody in a high profile position to make that admission. Of course, it's happened in increasing amounts in show business. Sure, but now it's trickling over and and people have set the example and uh, people like Tim Cook and Satya can continue to set the example. I didn't hear about Satya and I think that's a great message to send to his own employees. Uh, I just wish he had uh, shown the same perspective uh, a couple of weeks ago when he was talking about women's pay. (laughs) Remind our listeners about this. This may have gone under the radar. Oh, um, somehow, if I remember correctly, the subject had come up about equal pay for women and Satya was interviewed and Mr. Nadell said that uh, women should uh, use good karma. If they're very good employees, um, they should quietly wait for good things to happen to them. I'm kind of paraphrasing. And that set off a firestorm. Uh, and uh, he really stepped in it really good on that one. So I think he was <laughs> perhaps using this occasion to show more balance and professionalism, kind of get himself out of trouble a little bit anyway. That's okay. The question, of course, we can always argue how well is Microsoft doing under his leadership. I guess that remains to be seen. I guess the sales, however, of the Surface 3 aren't so bad. Apple, of course, is selling, what, five, six times the revenue oh, I think it's more. I in think the it's iPad. More. No, it's, saw, it's, a, it's a billion dollars for the Surface. And Apple, what would, did they get? A, like a five billion or six dollars. Billion? Yeah, but I just saw an article that said the billion dollars included a couple of other items. Oh. And it wasn't just the Surface revenue alone. So you take a billion and you divide it by a thousand. On the average, you get a million. So a million would be the top end, probably, if you get an average sale price of a thousand dollars. And that you have to guess what other items need to be ex- subtracted from that. And that's per quarter. So maybe figure roughly, you know, 900,000 of them and Apple sold 12.3 million last quarter. So the factor is more than 12 to one. And you know me, we've talked about this before. I'm on the bandwagon where Microsoft should just drop this, move on to the things they're doing really, really good with like Azure and um, Office for iPad and the new version of Office that's been rumored for OS 10. And other good things like that will make us very happy. I don't remember exactly what the what the profit level was on that billion in sales. And, and another, another thing that somebody brought up was uh, we may have, we meaning me, glossed over the exact detail in the article, whether that was sales to resellers or that was in through sales to customers. So that has to be looked at too. Could be uh, a lot of them are still sitting on the shelf. That's not the first time a company has done that. Samsung is notorious for reporting shipments, but not so much actual sales. Microsoft hasn't done real well with hardware in the past. You know, the Zune and the Kin and and the Nokia affair and and, uh, Windows Phone and, and phone hardware. And it's just... 
you know, it just doesn't seem to be their forte. And there's lots of other things that Microsoft is better at. I did hear high praise from Jeff Gamut on the uh, Microsoft Band, the fitness and health device. Does a few things that uh, apparently the Apple Watch doesn't do. Uh, UV, uh, galvanic response, 24-hour activity of your heart. So uh, I haven't investigated that fully yet, but it looks like Microsoft is doing that right. It's just funny, though, you know, it's the way they mimic Apple. Why, why does Microsoft, a corporation that specializes in corporate software and services and, and cloud services, need to sell a personal health device that you wear in your hand? It just seems kind of out, outside their expertise. They want to be everything. Yeah, that's a mistake. You got to say no sometimes. A lesson that we hear quite often from Phil Schiller. Let's move on to some other topics here. A little bit of controversy over Apple Pay now because of the fact that some stores will not allow NFC-enabled gear to do this kind of mobile payment. So what's going on there? What's happening is is that there's a consortium called the Merchant Consumer Exchange, if I got that right, where some um, merchants feel like they need to have more information at the point of sale, the transaction. You could uh, use a barcode scanner and you could beep the product on the way out of the store, but then you wouldn't know who bought it. And so you need to sort of intercept the sales transaction to know who the person and by, by virtue of the credit card transactions is buying what so that you can, I don't mean in an evil sense, but so that you can profile them better and target them, give them coupons and, and uh, keep track of what their favorite stuff is. And so the, this MCX consortium is building their own point of sale system called current C, which I guess is supposed to sound like currency. And oh, yeah, that's so clever. Yes. And, and that system allows them to tie who you are and what you're buying. The problem with it is, is that it's, it's extracted from your personal bank account instead of a credit card. So you don't have the normal credit card protections. Um, it requires an app. You've got to fire up the app. The first time you use the app, you have to... Um, authenticate yourself by entering a social security number and driver's license number. So they're keeping that information somewhere. Yeah. And then the money comes out of your personal bank account, which doesn't have the normal credit card protections against fraud. So you're not making a purchase on credit. You're making a cash purchase like a check. Yeah, you are. And of course, you know, people all over the country are always a little bit um, annoyed when somebody not in the government uh, asks for a social security number. Um, presumably they use it for a, a credit check uh, and, and to identify you. And that's just the wrong way to do it. Apple Pay is so nice because typically people have a credit card on file with their Apple ID. And when I set up Apple Pay, all I had to do was go into the Passbook app, select my default credit card. And with a couple of taps, it was qualified and done and it was locked into the system. I didn't have to do anything else. You don't have to enter the numbers, by the way. You have it photograph the credit card. Well, not if it's your default Apple. It's, it's even easier if it's your default Apple okay. ID credit card. I'm talking about entering a new credit card for you which there's no information. Let's do our break easy. here. We have yeah. John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> 
at unseennow.com. Proud sponsor of GCN. Unseen Now's unparalleled encryption tools keep your communications secure. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of HB extract. It's extremely effective and it starts working in just days. Visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers. And we've never increased our price in over 10 years. That makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it. A healthy heart is a happy heart. Call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, just imagine, there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. 
From script writing to producing your commercial, just like the one you're listening to right now. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us and advertise at GCNlive.com, and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. So as I was saying, the way it works is if your credit card's not in the system already, and you mentioned, of course, the default credit card used for iTunes, but if it's just any credit card, you take a photograph of it, and then you enter the additional information, I guess, from the back and everything. Yeah, I haven't done that. There may be, I think there's a little bit of authentication you have to do with your credit card company, but I don't believe you have to enter the social security number. And it's set up in such a way that you know, you're already identified with the credit card company, who you are. And, and so adding the credit card is, from what I've read, is pretty sensible and pretty simple with Passbook and uh, Apple Pay. So there's been uh, some fuss about Rite Aid, CVS, uh, Walmart, Kohl's, and Target setting up this alternative system. And the issue here is the security of the system and the usability of it. It flashes a QR code on a display because it's not yet using NFC, although the MCX consortium says they can use NFC in the future. And so you're going to have to pull out your phone. You're going to fire up the app. You're going to have to focus the app's camera on the QRC code. And then you make your payment. And from what I understand, the security isn't quite as uh, robust as the system that the credit card companies themselves have devised with the smart cards, the, uh, the new credit cards with the chip in them. So uh, the Apple Pay works just like the chip and pin or the chip and sign cards uses the same security mechanism. The banks are very uh, enthusiastic about what Apple's doing. I haven't heard anything yet from the banks endorsing currency. But what's apparently going on in my view is, is that because these companies, these merchants have their own agenda and their own needs and can't figure out another way to meet their goals, they've come up with an alternative system that for from what i've read isn't is secure and so because it's already been hacked that's was the news yesterday by testers beta testers the the feeling is is that hey you should still give us the option of paying the way we want to you should be respectful of a, of a system that's very secure if the customer wants to pay with this credit card or with his phone or wants to use apple pay or wants to use currency fine let the customer make a choice but uh, don't try to crowd out something that's very, very good because you have your own agenda. You want to live in the past. You want to do things the old way. You don't want to be respectful of this new system where your purchases are private and secure. You want, you want to do this you know, old world stuff that's kind of nosy and prying and we want to know what you buy and we're going to keep data on you and stuff like that. And people are tired of that. They're tired of the breaches. They're tired of people snooping on their lives. One of the things that Apple touts about Apple Pay is that Apple has no interest in what you purchased. 
you know, so whether you're buying a six pack of beer or whether you're buying an iPhone, Apple doesn't care. The transaction is anonymous, complete. There's no credit card associated with the transaction. It's a one-time thing and it works very well. I tried it at Walgreens the other day and it was so easy to use. It was nice. The other so, method is awkward because you have to go through an app and everything. Right. Right. You just, with the Apple Pay, you just put your phone next to the terminal and your phone senses the NFC signal and lights up. You don't have to do anything. Now, let's not forget the fact that currency is still technically being beta tested and won't be out till next year, by which time Apple will have had plenty of time to spread into the marketplace. And certainly if I ran a big store and the big store down the street accepts Apple Pay, I'm going to think, right. you know what? I'm losing right. potential business to that company. And normally, I think a store should be agnostic about such things. Says, you know, okay, as long as the system proves secure, we'll take anything. As long as it's cold, hard cash or a credit card or something. We don't care how you pay us with any of these mobile pay methods. We just want to know that the system works. You know, that was uh, something that I discussed in my article um, yesterday, through the three unexpected consequences of Apple Pay will be huge. And one, the second one was the competitive aspects of it. If consumers are convinced that this is the right way to do it, they're going to be greatly annoyed by any system that doesn't have the same ease of use and the same security and the same privacy. And they're going to make purchase decisions. You know, for example, uh, I don't know if there's been any official announcement yet, but just for an example, if Home Depot says they're going to go with the currency and Lowe's says they're going to go with Apple Pay, guess where I'm going to be shopping? I'm going to make a technical and security and family financial decision. So this is an opportunity for certain competitors. It's also an opportunity for smaller businesses too. smaller businesses who compete with these giants. If the giants go in the wrong direction, there's an open door here for for smaller competitors who want to look like the good guys to the customer. I think the fact that Apple shows you that they're not taking your information. They make it fairly seamless. You can't do the transaction without the touch ID. And if someone steals your iPhone, they can't take your finger. If your finger is not alive, it's not going to recognize it. So there's a lot of things there. But as I said, if I'm a retailer and I just want to make a living, I want to sell my products or services, I don't want to get involved in this nonsense. I would offer as many payment opportunities as possible. But there you go. Apple Pay. Apple has, what, two or three million people sign up the first week, a million the first couple of days. We'll have to see, I guess, by the end of the year how many people are using it. But Apple gains here because Apple owns the holiday season and nobody uses Google Wallet. So they have it all this year. So currency is losing out on that. And by the time they get something out, if they get something out, they may be too late. The other thing that's happening is, is that people are going into stores and even though it's not on the official list, they're kind of needling the, the uh, merchant, you know, was in um, Tommy Hilfinger at, uh, at a mall the other day. I asked the clerk if she knew about Apple Pay and she says, no. So I showed her basically how it works and she said, oh, wow, this is cool. I got to go home and read on it. So, you know, Apple customers are enthusiastic. They think it's great, you know, and they'll go into the store and they'll sort of idly ask the clerk if they take Apple Pay and sort of, you know, word gets around and the, the managers hear about this and, you know, they're, they're feeling like uh, this is something the customers want. So uh, that feedback mechanism will help accelerate it too, not only Christmas. Apple Pay. 
Obviously, time will tell how well it works, whether there are any glitches. The only one so far was this one with Bank of America, but that's Bank of America, where you might get charged twice, but they fixed that. And I think it affected a thousand users, although a lot of people in the media got the word and made it look like a big deal. It's kind of like Bengate. You know, the iPhone 6 Plus <laughs> bending and they're complaining and you got this YouTube well, you video know, you, for which the guy gets the targeted ad revenue. How many people were affected, according to Apple? Well, Nine. Yeah, but, but but news is news and you report news because news exists, not because you make a judgment about whether you think the reader will find it relevant or technically complete. Right. Well, you'll make a decision as to whether people will be interested. And certainly if you're yeah. online, you want to get hits. You want to get eyeballs. Sure, and sure. so you will publish articles that are sure to attract eyeballs. It's a question about your integrity, which is always an issue. And that's what we can discuss. Let's move to one other subject before we break. And that is an article. Eek. How's that? <laughs> I got a better one. Ah! No, we don't want to use that. How did I ever live with an iPhone 5S? Now, let me just I, give... I, I want broke to preface a couple that. of rules in that title, editorial rules. But, you know, you got to know the rules to break the rules. And I don't normally put an exclamation mark in a title. I do. Uh, I wouldn't normally <laughs> use the word eek. And I, and I, I wouldn't ordinarily uh, use a question mark in a title. So I broke a few rules. But you know what? It was a, it was a visceral statement. That sort of uh, uh, rang true with a lot of people. And basically what I said was I used my wife's 5S uh, to take some photos. And I thought, wow, this is a tiny phone. How did I ever live with that? How did I ever do maps? How did I ever read? How did I ever watch a Netflix movie? Um, how did I ever uh, view photos that I just took with these and... and I, the six, the six plus would do an even better job. It's too big a phone for me, but a lot of people like the six plus and they think it's perfect and they can do stuff with it. They can create presentations and, and do uh, image editing on it. So, um, I, I just, I was shocked after having had a, a, a six for just three weeks. Um, when I handled my wife's five S again for the first time, I thought, wow, this was a tiny phone. How did we ever live with that? How did we ever laugh at the phablets? And you have to wonder here, did Mrs. Martellero say, John, I want one too. Or did she? I'll ask him in the next segment, okay? Because I want to just sure. raise an issue. Okay, but as far, by the way, as breaking the rules in your headlines, remember as Jack Nicholson once said, you can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. But I can't, say it, I can't say that the way Jack Nicholson did because he makes everything sound good. Okay, that was in the original Batman movie, the Tim Burton movie, okay, with Michael Keaton as Batman. And they didn't think he could be Batman either. There you go. Anyway, John Martellero is here from the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. I'm here from the Tech Night Out Live. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk. For every political persuasion, we are GCN. Hi, I'm Sam Nussbaum, WellPoint's Chief Medical Officer. We proudly support the March of Dimes mission to improve the health of babies and fight premature birth. We're helping the March of Dimes fund breakthroughs in research and community programs that help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together to provide children with a healthier start in life. 
visit marchofdimes.org. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. If you need to say happy birthday, happy anniversary, thank you, or simply I'm thinking of you, ProFlowers.com is the key. ProFlowers has stunning bouquets, like the best-selling 100 blooms for $19.99. Plus, ProFlowers will include a glass vase for free. Sending someone a wonderful surprise of beautiful flowers sent fresh from the field is easy. Choose the bouquet you like, pick the delivery date, and each order is 100% guaranteed. Plus, all bouquets from Pro Flowers are guaranteed to last at least seven full days. Beautiful, fragrant flowers, picked fresh and sent to your loved one for lasting enjoyment. To get this incredible savings and send someone 100 gorgeous blooms with a free vase for $19.99, go to proflowers.com, click the blue microphone in the top right corner, and enter code PLOW. That's proflowers.com. Click the mic and enter code PLOW. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So from breaking eggs to talking about the iPhone 5S, and how you could live without it. Let me tell you a quick story here, John Martellero. And that is, I know of somebody that you know, fairly prominent in the tech journalist community, who bought an iPhone 6 when it came out, and within a short period of time before the return warranty had expired, he returned it and went back to his iPhone 5S. That's Oh, per- no. Who is this mystery person? Kirk McElhern. Oh, Kirk. Oh, I know Kirk pretty well. That's too bad. Well, no, he's happy. He said, you know, basically he tried it. And he wrote an article, as a matter of fact, first for Macworld, you know, one of the early articles for the now completely digital version of Macworld. And then he did a follow-up for Kirkville, his own blog, where he explained what his final decision was. At first, he explained that he might do it. And then he decided to do it. On the other hand, just to show you where he goes, he had a Mac Pro with a 27-inch Thunderbolt display when the 5K iMac came out. I know. He bought one, and he I can know. sell the Thunderbolt display and the Mac Pro, which is fairly recent. It's only a few months old, and get back all or most of what he paid for the iMac. In fact, I did that back in like 2009. I had a Mac Pro and a 30-inch display from Dell, and I sold it to somebody bought a fairly well-equipped 27-inch iMac with the faster processor and everything. Now, of course, the new ones are like 40 50% faster, and they have the Fusion drive, but there you go. Anyway, this is five years ago, and I kept $300 change. Nice. Well, I have a Mac Pro, the 2013, and I'm not parting with it. I love it. Uh, I've got a a 24-inch LED display, the little brother of the 27-inch Thunderbolt display. It's great. Okay, but let's get back to 
the iPhone 5S. So the key is here, you like the size. You like, obviously, it's a little bit faster. Battery lasts a little bit longer, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, the battery life is great. But on the iPhone 6 Plus, it's even greater. You know, I, I toyed with the idea of a 6 Plus myself, but my wife has small hands, and we're, we're on a interleaved two years cycle with AT&T. So every year, one of our phones is two years old. And so we get a new phone that's qualifies for an update. And then we swap SIMs and I get the latest phone and she gets the hand-me-down. That's worked out really great. They let you do that because here's something here. I, I wanted to think about doing that. Like, for example, we have a third line originally used by my son, Grayson, on our wireless contract with AT&T. And I wanted to move my phone to that device and activate, of course, I have to buy one under contract, activate under contract a newer iPhone. And they gave me all sorts of stories that you can't move contracts and you can't do this. No, no, no. We didn't do anything. We just let the contract expire. Ah. And one of our phones is always two years old in this one year interleave. And the phone that's oldest gets upgraded because it's two years old, goes back on contract. And then we swap SIMs and I get the new phone. She gets my old phone. And then she's happy with that. She accepts that. Oh, yeah. She thinks the 5S is great. She likes it. Okay, she has small hands. She's like my wife. I I wouldn't want to be in a position to to do a hand-me-down with a 6 Plus because she wouldn't want that. It would be too big. And I think it's too big, too. I I use a belt holster. The reason is, is because I told you before, I had a boss at Apple. He, He told me when I first started working at Apple, he said, Apple will issue you a phone, a mobile phone. It was archaic thing back in those days. Apple will issue a cell phone. Apple will pay for the cell phone. You, John, you will wear this cell phone on your body. When that cell phone rings, when I call you, you will answer it without fail. And so I figured the only way I could comply with his order was to have a belt holster. So when the phone rang, I could just pop it right out and answer the phone. My wife, on the other hand, she keeps the phone in her purse and it's muffled. And if you, if you try to call my wife, uh, chances are she won't hear it ring in the purse. And I don't like carrying the, the phone around in my shirt pocket because it could fall out, crash. Uh, I don't like wearing it in my front pockets because I keep keys and other things in my front pockets. I don't want to wear it in my back pocket because if I sit down in the car, I'm going to bend my phone. Oh, yes. You see, that's seat. what that's yeah. what happens here. You see, you yeah. can bend so, a phone. You can take a $750 aluminum mobile computer. And if you bend it hard enough... <laughs> You might succeed, but who wants to do that? It's dumb. So for me, it's a belt holster because these belt holsters have a slot at the bottom that's open. And so you flip open the the flap and you push from the bottom and the phone kind of jumps into your hand. And like a quick draw artist, you can be answering the phone in seconds. Uh, So if you call my phone number, I'll answer. And uh, so that's why I wear a belt holster. Of course, you don't tell us what you're going to say to us once you answer it, but we don't want to get into that. That gets to be pretty crazy. Well, I, had, so, I, had a, I had a person on Twitter say, John, does your pocket protector match your belt holster? I do not wear a pocket protector, but it was a cute tweet. <laughs> let's move on to the topic of the iPad Air 2 and your feeling that sales are going to be pretty good. Understand before we go there, sure. let's look what the critics say, because it's always good to respond to what they say. Right. So the comments here, of course, are that the iPad's toast because sales have declined somewhat. The other argument is that Apple didn't change them enough. And it's another argument that 
the lineup is confusing now because you've got a couple of old ones and a couple of new ones, and you have so many different models with the various memory configurations with or without a cellular radio that you can get dizzy from it. Of course, it's nothing near as complicated as Samsung or any of these other companies, but look, there you go. Well, the logic there is, is wrong. You don't have to create an iPad Air 2 that is so compelling that all the people with iPad Airs are going to dump it. The incremental changes are part of the natural evolution of the product. And the logic is not targeting the iPad Air owners, which only constitute 12% of the installed base, but targeting the iPad 2, 3, and 4 owners who decided they, they didn't want to or didn't need to upgrade to the iPad Air when it came out. If you add up the installed base of the iPad 2 owners, almost 30%, and the iPad 3 owners, 13%, and the fourth gen iPad, 15%, that's what, 28 and 29, that's 57% of the installed base owns something older than an iPad Air. That's a rich marketplace. And especially the iPad 2, that has almost a third of the installed base. Those people are going to be thinking now that their, their iPad is, is uh, at least two years old. They're going to be thinking, uh, maybe it's time for me to upgrade. And I've heard great things about the iPad Air, too. But, you know, I just bought my, my iPad 2 two years ago. So, you know, I didn't get purchase authority from the spouse or I didn't feel like I needed it. Uh, but now, uh, and the iPad 2 does not have a retina display. So I think anybody, a third of the installed base who's confronted with the app iPad Air 2 with the Touch ID is going to be seriously thinking about that product. And so I did some math, uh, which you don't see very often in these analysis articles. And I looked at, you know, what percentage of the people who might, from the iPad 2 crowd might update, and then the iPod, iPad 3 and 4 crowd. And I estimated that um, there's an opportunity for um, something like uh, 30 million iPad Air 2s over the next year. And that's a substantial number of iPads. It's only, what, seven, eight, 7 million per quarter, but that's half of all the iPad sales. I don't think the situation is as bad as it looks, and I think the iPad Air 2 is going to naturally do well as, a, as an upgrade for these people with older iPads. And then nobody wants to talk about that. They're just going to whine and say, Oh, well, you know, the old big thing it is A8X instead of an A8, Touch ID, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's not changed enough, but the problem with that is... the editor is being kind of selfish, man. The editor is saying, well, if it doesn't excite me because I have an iPad Air 2, if I have an iPad Air, the editor says, and if I have an iPad Air and I'm not excited to upgrade to an iPad Air 2, then Apple's on the wrong track. And that's, that's a really self-centered and shallow way to look at it because you know all the editors have their ipad airs but you got to look at the everyday users who have three twos threes and fours and do the math that's what i did all right and once again of course with the ipad air 2 the people who bought last year's ipad air are not going to be upgrading in that many numbers we've got john martellero of the mac observer i'm gene steinberg you're in the tech night Hell live <laughs> 
So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Mike Stennerson for Midas Resources. At no time in history have precious metals been more important, certainly not in my 22 years in the industry. The dollar has lost over 90% of its value in the last 60 years. No fiat currency has ever survived the government printing presses. Ours is not immune. The time is now to be proactive. 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Anything tied to the dollar is at risk. CDs, annuities, 401ks, IRAs, stocks, bonds, you name it, so decide. Do you want to leave a legacy of wealth or debt for your family? The choice is yours. Call me at 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Be proactive, not reactive. Call 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. On Facebook, on the news, and in conversations with friends, we're bombarded every day with advice on how to be healthier, from gluten-free and non-GMO diets to how much exercise and sleep the body needs. But how much have you heard about alkalizing the body? AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are a holistic and natural way to get your body's pH levels back in balance. Just a few drops in water will help your body rid itself of harmful waste. And even the healthiest of diets can be complemented with your daily use of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Who isn't looking for more vibrance, vigor, and energy? Now buy two bottles of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops and get $10 off your order. Visit AlkaVision.com or call 800-518-7615. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are packed with a powerful combination of the most alkaline minerals and compounds. Open the door to greater health, vitality, and zest for life. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health. Call 800-518-7615 or head to AlkaVision.com. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Three square meals you'll need in an emergency. So the freeze-dry guys three-square meal unit sale is just a ticket. A variety pack of tasty, nourishing breakfast, lunch, and dinner on sale now. Breakfast is freeze-dry guys' favorite. Hot oatmeal and sweet dehydrated bananas. Lunch is Mountain House freeze-dried hot macaroni and cheese and crisp green beans. And dinner is Mountain House long grain wild rice pilaf and hearty beef stew, vegetables, and gravy. Call freeze-dry guy and ask for details on the 120. 26 serving three square meals unit. One case normally $164.37. Sale price at only $138.90. Save over 25 bucks. Get two or three cases and save even more. Or ask about Freeze Dry Guys Fall Chili Special. Always free shipping to the lower 48 states. Call 866-404-3663 or click freezedryguy.com. And hurry, the Fall Chili Special and three square meals unit are on sale while supplies last. From the Freeze Dry Guy, the finest freeze-dried and dehydrated foods available for long-term storage, period. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. John Martellaro of the Mac Observers here. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Owl Live. You know, I think some of these tech journalists have this illusion that people are expected to buy a new gadget every year. And if the improvements are not good enough, that's bad. Exactly. Exactly. It's a shame. Why do they do that? I mean, surely they're, they're calm enough and sensible enough to realize that their needs as an editor are different than everybody else's needs. You know, I was up at one in the morning on September 12th, midnight California time, ordering my iPhone 6. Why am I up at one in the morning tapping buttons, furiously trying to buy an iPhone 6? Because if you're going to write about it, you have to own it. That's a very different philosophy than, than all the other readers I've run across and all the other customers. I've seen the spectrum of everything. I've seen people with four S's. I have plenty of friends who have four S's and fives. And they're just cruising along. They're happy. You know, they don't think there's any real need to upgrade quite yet. They're not glued to their monitor every night. You know, they're, they're playing with their kids and they're doing the dishes and they're paying bills. And they might glance at uh, the Internet for a few minutes each day to kind of see what's going on. They're not fanatic about having the greatest and lightest every year. You go broke doing that. Now, let's get back to the iPhone 6 Plus again, because we have this really big thing. And it's a question of how you carry it. Now, I carry phones as large as the Samsung Galaxy S4, which is a wee bit smaller than the S5. In my left pocket, I put in a case. Now, one of the you, simple you bumper have, cases. You have a Samsung phone? I had one as a long-term review sample from Samsung. They were oh, only too okay, happy to send okay. me one. You're excused. I didn't have to buy one. They basically <laughs> had this deal. You know, we don't care what you do with it as long as you pay for your own cell phone plan. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they were pretty loose about it. I really needed experience with the Android platform. And the best way to do that is to have long-term experience with a flagship phone. So I had an S3, then S4. I did not opt for the S5 because I read about the fingerprint sensor that's barely functional. And I thought to right. myself, this is just not worth it. Right. How does one carry a larger phone? You want to talk about my nine alternative ways to carry your iPhone 6 Plus? Well, I've carried an iPhone 6 that I got from a friend just to mm -hmm. see how it felt in a bumper case in my left pocket. And it's in the size range of the Galaxy S4 and S5. Mm -hmm. So I thought that's about as big as I want to get. An iPhone 6 Plus would be too big. So I would think the choice would be holster case. Well, there's lots part. of different ways to carry a 6 Plus, it turns out. I was curious myself about sure. that. So I started collecting uh, information. This is the article from uh, the Mac Observer on October 7th. Nine alternative ways to carry your iPhone 6 Plus other than your pocket. Turns out that uh, LD West has these awesome leather shoulder holsters. A shoulder seven. holster, just like we have in Arizona Absolutely. with our guns, because remember, yep. Arizona is gun central. Absolutely. Uh, but this is especially designed for the iPhone, and it comes in multiple sizes. There's another product called Flip Belt, which is an elastic belt that you can wear running. And instead of having a bulky fanny pack flopping around, you you wear this elastic belt and, and it has a slot in it and you slide the iPhone 6 in there. Um, there's another company called Tech Holster, 
that does make shoulder holsters for guns, but they also got into the business of making shoulder holsters for phones, and you can have a custom size. There are these shoulder straps. Uh, one of them is called Setgo Transport. It looks like something right out of Stargate. It's a, it's, it's a soft cloth belt that's wide and fits diagonally across your chest and has clips and pockets and you can, and Velcro and you can slide your phone in and you can have little small items tucked in and you can have very, have a very short distance from the, from the phone to your ear when you're wearing your phones. There's something for the women, although I don't know if this is for a six plus, I haven't heard back from them, but uh, Joey bra, which was a uh, project by some college students uh, has a slot in the side part of the bra where you can slide a phone and have it uh, secure. And uh, yeah, let's see what else. Oh, there's a, a company called Utilikilts that wears, that makes kilts. And they have these giant uh, cargo pockets on the side of the kilt. There is a uh, conventional belt holster, not the kind that goes horizontal and flips up, but when you can drop a phone into sort of like, a you know, you put a gun into a leather holster. This is from simple.be. They have a couple different ones. They have one where the phone just drops in. And if you be careful, you can't jump around or it'll pop out. And then they have one with a flap that uh, has a Velcro attachment and you keep your phone from flopping out. Um, and then there's Scott Vest. Scott, Scott Evest is a company that makes a wide range of jackets and vests. And the one uh, that I showed was a vest that had about 20 different pockets in it on the inside. And uh, they're all big enough for a, a Galaxy Note 4 or an iPhone 6 Plus. Uh, and then you can drop the cord out with the headphones. There's a company called Person Boots that makes these fashionable $300 leather uh, boots for women. And it's got a special slot on the inside so that you can drop a passport in there or a uh, large phone. And, in your uh, boot? In your boot. You just slide it right into boot. What you do is you order a calf size big enough so that you know, the boot's not too tight around your calf. And then interior at the top of the boot, there's a, a leather pocket stitched in. And so you can slide the phone into your boot. And this is great for occasions when, you know, you're out in the evening and you don't want to be carrying a lot of stuff around and you don't want to, you don't want to be bogged down by a purse or you're traveling or you're in a strange place and you need some security and you don't want to, to be victimized by a pickpocket or something. So, uh, you know, you travel light and you have your phone in your boot and your passport and a driver's license or whatever. So there's, there's like 11 million different ways these companies are selling uh, outerwear and, and belts and clothing and compartments and, and uh, sh shoulder holsters for you to carry large iPhones. And that article went off the charts. I did very well on that one. And it was very popular. Uh, nine alternative ways to carry your iPhone 6 Plus other than your pocket. You know, speaking of iPhone cases, I got a press release about something that combines a wallet with a case where you have a couple of spots for credit cards and maybe some cash. You know, I've never been really fond of those because what happens is, is that there isn't a whole lot of room in these slots. In order to keep it from being bulky and ugly, they design the slot so that it stays flat. I reviewed a iPhone 6 case a week ago, uh, and there was only room for two credit cards or a credit card and a license or maybe a license and a folded 
folded two $10 bills or something. That's about all the room there is. Once you start loading up these uh, wallet cases, they start looking ugly and uh, they're, they're bulky and uh, you wish you had a wallet anyway. So I've never been a big fan of those. Well, I got a press release from a company offering this thing and I said, okay, send me one to review. And they write back, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll give you a 25% discount. <laughs> and I say, well, you're sure going to get a review because if I don't get a review sample, I'm not going to be able to evaluate it. And I never heard from them again. Well, that was that. I really don't care. John Martellaro of the Mac Observers here. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> The nation's largest independently owned and operated talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. You haven't experienced yogurt until you've tried a Mossy, embodying health and flavor in a true whole milk, green-fed dairy beverage. Every sip pays homage to our old world cows and the ancient culturing methods their milk benefits from. With over 30 probiotics, a Mossy's undeniably nutritious, refined, cultured sensation bolsters your health and awakens your passion for dairy. A Mossy's so good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. What good? is a Big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com and in a word the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of 
filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows you can't afford to wait so call 866-91-STEEL lock in your price now call 866-91-STEEL that's 866-917-8335 what are you listening to the tech night i live with gene steinberg what's going to happen next you never know John Martellaro delivers the quintessential Yosemite review. (laughs) Now, let me tell you something here. When they first announced Yosemite, and they were bandying about different landmarks for Apple's 10.10 operating system, I said, you know, I don't want Yosemite because I think of the cartoon character Yosemite Sam. Here. And therefore, well, because, I thought it'd be kind of silly. You're so old, Gene. All of Apple's customers never would never remember that they would, had no history. <laughs> Easy for you to say. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for somebody to tell me. Please fax them a document. I'm going to go. What's a fax? We still have the fax going on, so I don't know. Yeah, faxes are still here, folks. Just the fax, man. Probably. Um, 80% of Apple's customers were born after 1980. I have no idea who somebody fit Sam is. Of course, you and I do. Not that it matters. <laughs> Wouldn't they see that on Saturday morning TV, the kids? <laughs> I never was big on cartoons. I don't know that my son was very big into cartoons either. I don't remember. That's too many years ago. He's 28 now. And the only one that really tickled me was Roadrunner. Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote. Those were hysterical. Sometimes they had me, as a kid, I was rolling on the floor laughing watching those. Problem is, he still is. <laughs> yeah. He's sitting there rolling on the floor. I mean, I say something <laughs> to him, and it's funny, which is, of course, very rare for me, but I say something funny to John, and there'll be a scene of him there just rolling on the floor. <laughs> you and the dog. So Yosemite, the, uh, the new version of uh, OS X, version 10.10, pretty nice. I love it. Well, that's it. That's the review, folks. And I know it's been delighted to have The review was actually 3,800 words. And it went to uh, eight web pages. We do that because it makes it easier to read, not because we're uh, trying to get people to click a lot. Our readers have complained that 
they don't like articles that go on and on and on and on. I have to scroll and scroll forever. And so to make the readers happy, we, we take these articles and make them one page. And then, then at the bottom, they can just click the next page and everything works out really nice for them. Uh, what happened was, is that I was using uh, Yosemite from the very beginning, from the very first developer release, even before the public beta. And I installed it on my MacBook Air and I was working my way along all of the updates. And from day one, it was rock solid. I found some cosmetic blemishes in the user interface for uh, networking. And that went away somewhere around beta four, right after the public release of the, the public beta. I installed it with uh, ease. It never betrayed me and never lost any data. It wasn't wonky. It, it, I didn't have any issues with it. So when I was ready to put it onto my Mac Pro, I was very confident. I'd, uh, and when I did put it on the Mac Pro, it installed flawlessly. I've been running it ever since. I haven't had any issues with it. I was sorry to find out after the fact that uh, ProSoft Engineering's Data Backup 3 does not work with Yosemite. It's one of the only apps that, that doesn't work for me, but they're working on an update. Um, other than that, I haven't had any issues. Audio Hijack Pro works in Yosemite. Well, they fixed that early on. Yeah, so everything's cool. Well, if it didn't work, I wouldn't be recording this show in this fashion. But mm -hmm. let's look at some other things here. I have not had quite the seamless experience with Yosemite that you have. So, for example, I have two printers not so new. A Xerox 8561, the soliding printers. It used to be called Tektronics. And then I have an HP all-in-one business inkjet printer from a couple of years ago. With the Xerox, and this is something that Apple knows about, okay? With the Xerox, normally when you send a print job to it, it's pretty quick. It picks it up in a second or two. It takes five seconds before the first page is spit out. Now it takes about two minutes before it starts processing. That's number one. With the HP, it normally works okay, but sometimes in the middle of a job, you know, mixed content like a web page with photos and text, it will stall out completely and then abort the printing. Now, with the download of Yosemite, there was a new version of HP software. So I figured, gee, that has to fix it. But it didn't. Well, you know, this is not anything new with printers. I mean, we've been tearing our hair out with printers for years. You know, you can't blame that on Yosemite. Well, the point being here is that obviously they probably have to wait for the printer company to come out with something, to come out with a fix. So I understand that. There have also been reports that you and I have heard about with Wi-Fi connections might be wonky, might be a little flaky. Haven't and had that problem? I haven't had that problem, no. Mm. And then some reports of Bluetooth lagging, which I'm not sure how that works out. I have the standard Apple Magic Mouse thingy here. And it works fine by Bluetooth. So yeah. it's just the printing that's still kind of flaky. But admittedly, that's up to the third-party company to come up with updated drivers for Apple to distribute. Well, what, you have to re what you have to remember here is, is that Mac OS X, now just OS X, has been around since... We've got to remember that OS X has been around since March of 2001. So it's a 13-year-old operating system. Apple adds frameworks, APIs on top of the core Unix operating system to give us extra features. But it's very unlikely that there's going to be a disaster with your data, with your connectivity, with your file system. Um, that's what I was talking about earlier when I felt like 
Yosemite was rock solid on the MacBook Air. I never felt like it was going to burp or, um, you know, lose something. So when you're updating, it's basically an issue of, you know, your mission critical apps. Are they compatible? Are there any cosmetic issues that um, annoy you? And um, are there some features that are not fully debugged that are new, but in terms of basic functionality, getting around using the finder, maybe some printer glitches, uh, you know, running your normal apps that are compatible. Um, it, it really isn't a big issue anymore. And I think people can upgrade to Yosemite with pretty good confidence. As long as they've checked to make sure that their really important apps are, have been declared by the developer to be compatible. Okay. In your experience, you know, I've had a few glitches, nothing serious. Have you found any problems with Yosemite? Nope. Nope. It's worked beautifully for me. Uh, I never had any problem with it during beta testing, and I never had any problem for the last, what, two weeks on the Mac Pro. Uh, it's a beautiful operating system. And the translucency brings a sense of warmth. Uh, the um, the checkboxes in the interface are kind of a little more low-key instead of uh, skeuomorphic. Now, there's some serious problems with... Uh, iTunes, which I'm getting ready to write about. And people may have some heartburn with Safari interface. Um, but there's a reason why Apple has, has uh, eliminated the, uh, the full URL. That was a security issue. Um, too many websites were trying to fish and masquerade, and they would cleverly doctor their URL to make it look like they were the, the uh, primary domain site so you'd see chase.com at the end it was just part of the url and you'd think you were on the chase site so what uh, apple does in safari is is that they by default and you can change this in the preferences which i by do. default shows just the core domain so you, if you think you're at www.bankofamerica.com you are there especially with the uh, the green security indicator so it's, it's all for the good of, of security or of uh, average users. So other than that, um, you know, some visual changes in Safari. I'm, I'm not really excited about iTunes 12. I'm <laughs> getting ready to write a, write a review of that and um, might want to not upgrade if you can avoid iTunes 12 for now. But uh, well, you're not forced to it's Safari. Or you're Google? not forced to. It's a separate installation, yeah. iTunes 12. So if you don't want to have it, that's not a problem. You're not. I'd recommend you stay with iTunes 11 and tell you just read more reviews. Okay. We have John Martellaro of the Mac Observer here for one more segment. We're talking about Yosemite, the good, the bad, and I don't know if there's anything that's bad. Not even ugly, unless you don't like some of the interface elements. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night. How live? <laughs> Think alike. The network for the independent minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, 
a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code Gene when you check out. You pick up the receiver with your heart racing and sweat dripping from your forehead. You finally muster the courage to dial the number to call into your favorite talk radio show. It rings once, twice, and then... Hello, it's GCN. What's your name and the state you're calling from? Surprised you got through, you squeak out. Jason from Minnesota. Please hold. As you patiently wait for your turn, you begin to daydream about being a famous talk radio host and what it would be like to have your own show. Jason from Minnesota, you're up. Millions of loyal listeners worldwide waiting to call and talk to you. You. Caller, are you there? Cheering crowds surround you, calling out your name. Going once, twice. Okay, we gotta move on to the next caller. You blew it. Huh? Wait, no! Interact with the hosts you're listening to right now online at GCNlive.com. Click on the community link. Engage with other listeners. Ask questions. Start debates. Don't agree with the host? Let them know. Be a part of the community at GCNlive.com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of HB extract. It's extremely effective and it starts working in just days. Visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers. And we've never increased our price in over 10 years. That makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it. A healthy heart is a happy heart. Call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. With John Martellaro of the Mac Observer, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. 
and we're talking about Yosemite. And I had a few glitches. John did not. Of course, there are interface thingies that maybe you don't like. So if you don't like iTunes 12, which is a separate download, don't do it. Now, I have one other issue with Safari, and that is I like the old-fashioned full title bar at the top. And now you see it only abbreviated on the tabs. And the reason I like the title bar is that I do this myself. In the title bar, a company will sometimes engage in some kind of promotional thingy about the company. And now you don't see that anymore on Safari because, again, your tabs are truncated and you're not seeing the title bar. You're just seeing the URL. So I kind of not like that. That's why I use Firefox. Uh, I do a lot of reading on the Internet and I save uh, the weblock file in a folder. So for my particle debris column, I have a folder dedicated and I just drag um, the article out of the address bar into my folder where it creates a web block file. And uh, that's how I collect articles. And when you do that, the the web block file name is the title. But again, I think it's a security issue because it's all too easy to set up a phony title on your website. And uh, Apple just assume you not look at that when you're trying to go to your bank. So that, I think that's related to the URL search bar being truncated as well. It's a security thing. But if you got to have it, Firefox 33 uh, and all the preceding Firefoxes have the title bar at the top. So if you need it, use Firefox. That's a great, it's a great browser. You're not forced to use Apple's. Otherwise, you know, the new interface looks fine with me. I'm not worried about it. Nothing about Yosemite, by the way, is going to prevent you from using the Mac the way you've always used your Mac. That's a very important point because I had somebody making this comment about, gee, I don't know, maybe I should just try Windows 8 after all this. No. <laughs> no, you don't want to do that. I mean, that's, that's, that's not crazy. Did you see, by the way, John, any of the, the public technical previews of Windows 10 yet? I haven't had a chance to look at that yet. Oh, it's dark and ugly. And it's one of these things where they took the core interface elements of Windows 8 and they tried to bring it back things from Windows 7. Mm. And then they add a few mm. things they stole from Apple, like a virtual desktop feature and a task view, which is kind of like mission control and notification center, which is kind of like a notification center, <laughs> you know? So, and this is it. I mean, where's the innovation? You're giving them something that's old, like a, a standard kind of start menu. You keep elements of the rather disgusting looking artwork, the stick figure artwork from windows eight. You add a few features borrowed from the Mac and that's windows 10. Well, you know, there's so many constraints with Windows. You know, people are used to certain things in, in that community, and you have to kind of honor things that, that people are used to. You have to honor applications that are critical. You have to be compatible with your own office suite. Uh, there's so many constraints because it's used by so many people in so many different ways. I can see why they have a problem with that. You know, one of the things I wanted to tell you about Yosemite, one of, the, one of the reasons why you should upgrade to Yosemite, Mavericks had a kind of a laundry list of little cutesy things, you know, like tags and, and stuff that we never really, I never really integrated into my daily workflow. But 
Yosemite is a lot like Lion in that it adds a lot of really useful features. I was delighted to be able to sit in my recliner with my MacBook Air and the iPhone in the other room and use my Mac to make a phone call to my mom. And that was just an awesome experience. So you, you, can, you can work with your phone d- distantly to send messages, send SMS messages as an addition to iMessages. You can make voice phone calls. Um, it's got an awesome search. You've got access to iCloud Drive. Um, you've got something called AirDrop, where instead of having to use iTunes file sharing or mail a file from your iPhone to your Mac, you can just use AirDrop and poof, there it is in the AirDrop folder. Um, that didn't work until iOS 8.1, by the way, but I assume everybody's on 8.1 by now as a, a late iPhone. That's a really spiffy way to move files uh, from your Mac to your iPhone or your iPhone to your Mac or your iPad to your iPhone. It's called AirDrop. So Yosemite has these features that really make your life simpler and better and invoke technology. Uh, Yosemite doesn't try to be like an iPhone, but it integrates with the iPhone nicely. And I think that's if you're if you're an iPhone user, that's another good reason to switch to Yosemite is that that beautiful integration. And it's not heavy on agenda. Yosemite doesn't have a lot of things that are really annoying. They're not trying to shove things down your throat. They're trying to make your life better. I, I think Yosemite is pretty much annoyance and agenda free. Unlike the debacle with Lion, remember when Apple decided that Save As was going to go away? <laughs> we don't want that anymore. They seem to have made more intelligent decisions about Yosemite. Yes. So that is very yes. important the fact that it seems to be better. And despite these little glitches here and there, I think it's more solid than previous releases of OS X, and that's probably to be attributed to the fact that over a million Mac users had the public beta test and had a chance to get feedback. You know, that's probably another reason why the installation went so smoothly, too. Uh, When you've got that many people giving feedback to Apple, it's very unlikely you're going to have somebody say, oh, I just upgraded to Yosemite and I lost my entire hard disk. (laughs) We've heard stories like that in the past, but not this time. And not from Mavericks either, for that matter. Do you remember the one where we lost the hard disk? Yeah, that was a Pearl bug, wasn't it? Way back in, what, Leopard or... Tiger, I think. Tiger, where there was an installation script that had a bug in the Pearl. People lost their hard disks. Well, I think part of it also was a driver issue with some external firewire drives, as I recall. Yeah, there was that one too. There was the firewire bug and there was the Pearl bug. That stuff's not happening anymore. This is a very refined operating system. You see, it's funny here. Everyone's dinging Apple for getting so much out so soon that maybe they're making them more buggy. But as you see with Yosemite, it's pretty good. iOS 8 had some rough points, but they always 801, do. for example. Oh, 801. <laughs> what did Mr. Jaws say? He said that it was due to a wrapper, which I guess he means the installer or the distribution mechanism, which caused it to go wonky. But he said they redid that and everything was okay the next day. So 802 and 801, the only difference is the wrapper. And if you wrap that around your iPhone 6, the first one, it wouldn't make a cell phone call and you couldn't use Touch ID. But the point being, other than that, I think the number of problems with iOS 8 are no more than usual. I don't see that much reports, for example, of battery power becoming worse. And that's something that seems to happen with every release from Apple. And of course, the migration rate is somewhat less. But it's not bad. I'm looking at the migration rate now at mixed panel trends. 
it's 55%, it's 52% at Apple's developer site. And the point to mention here is that may be behind iOS 7, but the point is also tens of millions of iDevices no longer supported, so that reduces the number. They also have that issue that if you don't have a lot of free space, you've got to do the installation on iTunes, not on the device, and that's not made Oh, clear. i got to tell you a story, quick story. Well, it, unfortunately, we don't have time for the story. Oh, We're, we'll have to do it next time. Uh, oh, okay. yeah, this is going to be a cliffhanger from John. He'll be back in a few weeks, and we'll figure it out. Okay, so you tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. You can find my stuff at the Mac Observer, www.macobserver.com. And by the way, you can find us. On Twitter, we're known as Tech Night Owl. We're Tech Night Owl at Twitter, or go to our portal, technightowl.com. That's three words put together with no spaces, technightowl.com. And we've got my daily cutting-edge commentary, a weekly newsletter, which you can subscribe to, by the way, and also episodes of the show going back to like 2007 or 2008. I forget because iTunes doesn't list all of them. iTunes has a limit. We also have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And this weekend we have kind of a sort of a Halloween weekend kind of episode featuring Micah Hanks, and he has a site called Graylian Report. That's short for Gray Alien, by the way. But you can find that show at Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. So John Mortalero, thank you so much for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. See you next time. The Tech Night Out Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.